Today we're talking about the Facebook Instagram outage, again, the impact of social media, um, but also do we think Facebook execs are really putting profits over people? Uh, let's explore. We've been inspired by podcasts like The Daily and some of our reading, you know, NPR, um, uh, Wall Street Jewel's Journal. Talk about Wall Street yeah. Journal. Um, so first question. <laughs> First my, my number one news source. What is your number one news source again? TMZ. TMZ. <laughs> Let's get going because it is a mini segment, um, so we don't have a lot of time. But <laughs> we're all at work. I don't know. If you know. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is worth the quick check. The check second. This is what working moms are about. We're the best at multitasking, right? Yes. <laughs> um, so. The outage, Instagram and Facebook, like when did you notice there was an outage this past Monday and um, did it affect you at all? Did it change your outlook on social media? I can't believe that happened on Monday. That's today, this week is all weird. I, I thought that was like yesterday or something. Did you Did you guys have no idea? I had no idea until Issa texted us. <laughs> and I had no idea to my to our friend Gina texted us, but she's a social media marketer, so it would make sense that she had an idea. Yeah. yeah. Monday was like a super Monday for me. So like for me, I, I I'm like a lurker. I'm like a lurker on social media. I don't post that much, but I like I'll read the heck out of other people's business. Um, and that's like when it's brain break time, like yeah. during dinner. Yeah. <laughs> I was um... noticed at dinner. I was on the way back from dropping the kids off and I had posted something to my business account for stories and I needed to delete it. And then I just noticed like I couldn't delete it. Like it just kept giving me an error. And then I was like, oh crap. So then I went to the other account and it was like, oh, can't refresh. Went to the other account and I was like, oh, can't refresh. And then I was like, oh shit. <laughs> like, but I mean, in the at the end of the day, I thought it was kind of nice to just like not have to worry about anything and to have a break from it. Yeah, for sure. I know um, Gina said there was like a mass exodus going on to Twitter too. And I it was, was like, funny. <laughs> it was like, it was like, like a roll call. Everybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know she was like, I just want to make sure all my friends are okay. <laughs> but I think, I think it was like um, pretty eye opening. A lot of small business owners are talking about the fact that like, oh crap, like I run my business on Facebook. I run it on Instagram. I don't own this platform. So like, you know, if, if anything right. happens, this, you know, a lot of people lost a lot of business on Monday because of the outage, right? They would normally have been posting, got sales, whatever it might be. So I think that's just like another reminder that, you know, the only thing you really can own is your email list. So you need to build that to be able to contact your customers when this might happen again, which I swear to God, it happened earlier today for like a little blip of time. Like <laughs> I thought it did. That. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that's really great insight because Chuk and I may not think of it from that standpoint, from an entrepreneurial standpoint. I mean, I think even Zuckerberg lost like billions of dollars in that like few couple of hours. So yeah, the small business or anybody really relying on marketing on those mm -hmm. platforms probably really did take a, a hit, you know? So, I, I wonder I what the collective people that like literally like live on the platform were like, were they like dying? Like, <laughs> were they like pull down refresh <laughs> or were they enjoying their day? Who knows? I'm sure. I'm positive. I, I'm sure there was a little freak out and then it was like, okay, let me take a break then because <laughs> I can't do anything. <laughs> it was nice. I guess. 
happened during my like brain break time. I that that could have been nice. I I could have just put the phone down and paid extra attention to my boys. Although I also think like sometimes I really try to do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna engage and I'm gonna live in the moment and really enjoy my boys. But they don't want anything to do with me sometimes. So it's fine. You're living for like those. I'll go back to my phone. I thought it was I thought it was also weird and somewhat coincidental that it happened the same day that the whistleblower was um, testifying. Well, that brings us into our next subject, the whistleblower, Frances Haugen. She was a former project manager manager for Facebook, specifically working in, um, let me get this right, civic integrity for elections. Um, so she did have some really good insights, some learning things to me um about how facebook um can make better choices in the way we're guided to um social media and influence um so yeah let's let's talk about it one thing i want to say is that the day did bring up that um mark zuckerberg would end his meetings pumping his fist saying um company over country so i think that's thing. crazy i know <laughs> I think that's crazy. <laughs> who was the source? Who was the source of that? Was that Francis Hogan? I want to I I know how the Daily learned that. I think it just says it's like well known that he did that. I think they just mentioned that it was well known that he did that. On top of on top of just being morally wrong, that sounds extra douchey. <laughs> yes. And it does. It's like kind of company culture, right? Leading that. So it, it just is almost more damning if that actually is happening, I guess. Yeah, don't yeah. do that. <laughs> and and uh, the other thing I want to say is like, you know, we, we're, we're, we're going off of like the articles we read. So we're not, um, <laughs> we're, we're not, not actually, we're, this is yeah. not fully vetted. We're just yeah. chit chatting like you're, you would with your girlfriends. Yeah, but I mean, I think I think it is interesting that um, you know what was uncovered was that they were aware essentially that you know there's harmful effects, um, and that even though that information surfaced, they decided that oh, I'd rather get more users on the platform and not do anything that might harm the user experience, which would then obviously impact their their financials. Um, yeah, and and I think it's. Um, it's a little bit disheartening, but I, I'm not surprised about it because they're a large corporation with like over what, 3 billion users, which is like, you know, more than half the global population. So um, not surprising, but also disheartening. And it's like, how do you sort of get around that? Is that, do we put more regulations in place? Um, and then what does that look like? You know, what is it that we can actually put in place? I think, you know, the harm that we probably think about as parents is, um, our children's socioeconomic, sorry, emotional welfare. Um, and there was a lot of, um, what do you call that, research that came out about girls and their body image and um, the impact of Instagram on that. So um, I think it's a component. I mean, it, you know, you don't, you don't get, I mean, you can, Obviously, Instagram can contribute to your depression, but there are other factors that that um, that existed before <laughs> Instagram was created. People had depression before that. And, and there's mm -hmm. many causes, trauma, mm -hmm. um, you know, genetics, whatever it might be. But it's like, um, how can Instagram and Facebook be better about that? 
Um, and, and I say that knowing that, you know, I think social media, you know, sometimes there are pitfalls to it, but there's also wonderful things mm -hmm. about social media. I mean, like, just like meeting people that you never would meet, like <laughs> the networking benefits, all that stuff is great. So it's like, how do we get more of that happiness and that positive experience out there? Um, and I don't know what it is because you can't really control people and what they post, you know, and you can't control people's reactions. Um, and I don't know how we how we do that as parents. It's like what I was thinking about was like, oh, well, you have to, you know, raise your kid to have like that self-confidence, you know. Um, but how do you do that for sure? I don't know. I don't have the answer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think this is just, yeah, talk about how we get there. Um, but one concerning thing to me is that it seems that in some of their research, the internal research with Facebook is that the algorithms, the way they, they focus it and the way they push, um, you know, content to you is like at, at an escalated pace. If you're looking into something, maybe something as simple as, you know, healthy food choices can lead you down the, the line to promoting, you know, unhealthy practices you know, with food or, and so I think that was more concerning for me because no, there's a certain amount. I mean, we try to give our kids a foundation to be grounded and make the correct choices or the right choices for them in their lives. But um, to hear that algorithm, algorithms can lead you down like the slippery slope of looking for healthy food choices versus you know, unhealthy food practices and, and how that is escalated and that the choices by execs may have, may, you know, maybe they're not making the best choices on a scale from one to five. They, you know, the bottom line is the most important versus uh, scaling back on some of those harmful potential content. It's almost like drugs. We have a drug epidemic and no matter how, you know, how good you raise your children, it's, you know, it's, it, could be addictive and I feel like maybe their choices the exact choices lead to that type of environment but there are definitely positives because say you have depression or you have anxiety there's shared experience in social mm -hmm. media that you get that also give you positive experiences and a community just like you said networking yeah um so yeah. there's definitely pluses and I just think that hopefully this leads to Facebook exact making better choices when it comes to the way um, content is pushed to us, you know, yeah. adults and children. I mean, if you think about, um, somebody else explained it to me, like it, even if you think about like, you know, during Trump and all the misinformation that was being spread, it's sort of like you just then stay in this bubble and they just continue to serve you all this misinformation. So you're just like seeing the same crap and it's not necessarily true. So it's like, um, also regulations on how that type of stuff <laughs> should get filtered. I was actually listening to, um, there's something called the Facebook files on the Wall Street Journal, um, yes. one of the podcasts. And the first episode is about a whitelist. Um, and I don't know if you guys have heard of this, but there are specific people that essentially there's rules to Facebook, right? Like you can't do revenge porn. You can't spread misinformation. You can't, I don't know, traffic humans, whatever it might be. And there are certain things that if you do them on the platform, um, you're in violation of the policies. And particularly like with the example that I was listening to revenge porn, there is a hard and fast rule where it's like the content should get taken down and then your account gets deleted immediately. 
However, there are people that are on this whitelist um, and they could be celebrities. They could be politicians. They're generally people that have very, you know, strong followings, like, you know, lots of millions of followers. In this particular example, it was a soccer player who had a woman accuse him of raping her. And then what he did was then he went on an Instagram live. He happens to be on the whitelist. He went on an Instagram live and then he showed the text between them. He showed her nude photos. And because she was on, he was on the whitelist, like this stuff did not get taken down for 24 hours. Meanwhile, then she got harassed because all her photos were being shown for like upwards of 24 hours. And Facebook employees were, you know, kind of sort of intercepted it. But because he was on the whitelist, they weren't able to take the post down. So it's, it's really interesting because, you know, they've said that they are, you know, sticking to this policy of like, you know, we're not making any exceptions for people, but they do have this program <laughs> where there are certain people that kind of like can slip through the cracks. So how do you get um, on the wait list? What, what is the wait list? You probably have to be verified or. Well, the first example they gave was um, of Rihanna in this particular podcast. It was of, of Rihanna who um, had posted, I think, a photo of her nude, like a partially nude from something like, I don't know what kind of campaign it was. And then her, her, her account got taken down. And that was the impetus for this program where they eventually started like adding people to the list. But there was, um, some obscene amount of numbers of people. It was in the millions, I think is what they quoted in the podcast that were on this list. Um, that, I mean, and so just imagine like how much, um, misinformation or information that should not be spread is coming from these accounts because they're not subject to the same rules that every other person is, you know? So it's just interesting because I feel like there is, um, some, you know, from an image perspective, they're, they're, you know, exuding this, like, no, you know, we're fair, <laughs> but you know, there's a lot of stuff that these, you know, um, that this information behind the scenes has kind of brought to light as well. Um, about the inner workings of the company. Wow. Do you guys remember when our timelines were, or what we saw the content was based on timeliness of posts? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like chronological seemed, order? Yeah. And it seemed like that was more fair versus mm -hmm. now I think what they use is like engagement-based ranking and yeah. amplification of interest. Yeah. So I mean, that's... And also yeah, I don't like that at all. I don't like this at all. Because if Rihanna is is able to do implied nudity like everybody else should be. Like I should be able to breastfeed my kid on social media if Rihanna can show half her breast, you know? Yeah. Well, that's also a separate issue. I mean, like why are men's nipples like <laughs> not, <laughs> special not an issue, yeah. but then- That's for our are. next mini segment. <laughs> Sexualization of women. Seriously. So they talk about Facebook's internal research and how they're not really taking into account their own research. They're not putting um, the emphasis or making decisions based on this research. And so they have room to grow. This is not the end of Facebook or their platform, yeah. but we, they really need to make a change. Um, and, and they can if they want to. Exactly. They just need to want to do it. It's, I mean, because they benefit. The more people who use Facebook, the better it is for them. Unfortunately, they learned and it's true we've all personally we all personally know this like when when there's some attention grabbing event that's occurring 
that we can't get away from. Like when COVID first started, how much time did we all spend on the internet just reading what oh. happened where, right? Like yeah. that was probably really great for them. Um, and you know, I, I was I was on it too, reading reading whatever I could because we we're all scared. And and Facebook benefits off that. And you know, generally, I like to I, I want to believe that the higher ups want to want this world to be a good place. They want people to love each other. They, I don't know. They they want to cut out the hate. But um, uh, maybe we get we can get some people in there that'll effectuate that. Because this is like uh, because they have the powerful they have the power to make things better. This is capitalism at its worst. <laughs> exactly. So I think about the UN program I'm in, and it's all about environmental and social governance. And basically, you and I, we can make all these small impacts in our daily lives to conserve water, electricity, to better you know equity. Um, but it really is up to these big businesses who are making negative impacts to reverse that. And I would have to say the same goes for Facebook and its platforms is that they are true. They have the power, like you said, Duke, to truly institute social change in either a negative or a positive way. And they really should put at the forefront of their mission, of their values. Um, to at least make it fair and not to further negative impact, misinformation, etc. But what they need to do that is pressure from users, right? Pressure from their clientele. Yeah, and I think it is it is really complicated if you think about it. It's like misinformation is one thing. I think that, you know, you can vet sources. But then how do you create reform around what a person posts and another person's reaction to that, right? You can't, like, in that way. So it, it is, it's complicated. It really is. Yeah, I think it all lies in their algorithm. Um, it seems like, and, you know, who, who knows how truthful um, or how factual Frances Haugen's information or her, you know, I didn't actually read the research um, or the leaked documents. I just you know, listen to some podcasts and some of the things that she was saying, but um, it, it seems like they, they could be making better decisions and they're opting to not. Um, let's talk about Instagram for kids. That's just something that they're developing. And so I think that goes along the lines of social governance. I mean, their own research shows that children bring their parents online. So it's in their value to develop this Instagram thing and I think they've had well this is what is being said uh, that they've had internal talks about um, you know leveraging things so simple as like play dates to get kids and parents online which I think mm. seems a little predatory but uh, <laughs> we, we don't know how that shakes out on an app right and and it is great to be able to easily schedule a play date with people like-minded people in your area like that sounds on the surface, right? But um, I guess, you know, getting more people online, like how does this relate to, I think Big Tobacco and Frances Haugen made this analogy, like Facebook comparing comparing Facebook to Big Tobacco, you know, started to try to advertise to kids or make kid-friendly uh, words part of their ads. You know, how how is that related to Facebook? Is it really, I mean, I almost feel like they're they're going, they're going in that direction with this Instagram for kids thing. Um, I mean, as far as like the self-reported documents that they had, I did hear that some of that 
was not done like scientifically. It was like basically they were asking people questions. So it wasn't like truly like how you would get scientific data, particularly from those kid studies. So I think when you liken it to the big tobacco companies, it's a little bit different because there's legit medical like findings of like, you know, what tobacco does to your body, death rates, et cetera, et cetera. It was children that were part of the study that were self-selecting and saying like, hey, this is how Instagram makes me feel. And feelings is a lot different than actual data. So um, I th maybe that is also part of why Instagram hasn't, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, hasn't shared that on a wider um, scope. I'm not sure, but I, I, there's something to be said for the research, but then I'm just not sure, like, it's it's not a truly vetted yeah, <laughs> research um, report, you know what I mean? So. Either way, though, um, from a parenting perspective, like, yeah, I, I, I feel very cautious about, like, eventually having my kids on a phone and having them on a social media app. I mean, like, do you guys feel the same way? Yes. My, my, my kid's the youngest, so she's not on any app, but, like, has not, has not done anything on an app yet other than maybe look over my shoulder when mm -hmm. I'm on something or I maybe show her a video. Um, she's really on Netflix right now, but that's not an app and she's not selecting anything. So yeah. I can't say, I mean, like personally, like sometimes like even when I'm scrolling, I'm like, oh, that person looks great. Like, and then it gets you into this like dirty thing of like thinking about yourself. Right. And this is exactly the impact that it would have on teens. So I worry about that because, um, I'm not like I would say somebody that has like super low self-esteem. I have an adequate amount, but but even that, you know, makes me feel bad sometimes. So like imagine how that would make your child react, you know? Yeah. And I, you know, and something they brought up on the daily too is um, Facebook or Instagram, Instagram specifically, there's some type of like perfect aesthetic that's a little more glorified there than other apps. like. If you go to TikTok, it's a little more refreshing because everybody's just kind of mm -hmm. being themselves. Yes. Um, and with Instagram, it's like a little more polished. You see filters all the time mm -hmm. on everybody. And so it's, it's like totally different platform. And can they encourage more of that authenticity that would help kids and even adults feel a little better? Body That's what, that is what I was going to say, too. It's like about like, how do you actually incentivize people to be more authentic? Like I follow this like account. It's like called Anxious Moms. And I love it because it's just all about people that fucking have anxiety and all the things that are like wrong with them. And I'm like, I relate to this. This is like fantastic, you know? And it's like, how do you find more of that versus like, or, or how do you get an understanding that that picture perfect is not every day, all day? Like everybody has ups and downs in their lives. Um, but I don't, I don't know how you break through that mentally for somebody. <laughs> I, think, I think we need to remind ourselves to just take everything with a grain of salt. And, and when Kai is able to use the internet and see perfect images on Instagram and everything's so perfect and everyone's so pretty, just, you know, remember that's not all real. That's what I always have in my head. When I see these really pretty people, their skin isn't that clear. <laughs> Might be yeah, a filter. Probably an amplified thing. I mean, completely. To be completely honest, I think the same thing. of when I see people in person, I'm like, oh, I couldn't snap back that easily, and oh, yeah. so they don't even need a filter for me to feel that way. Sometimes, yeah. you know, and it really is just like um, we just need, you know, more 
healthy conversations, I guess, around um, body, body positivity and especially for moms around, you know, like getting back into the groove. Um, it's, it's a total mind bend and we talked about that, you know, being pregnant and that first, you know, postpartum couple of months. I'm still in like snatching back and I'm two years down the line, so. <laughs> I still love myself right. though, <laughs> but I think yeah. we all have some insecurities in that way. Yeah. And like, and I think that kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. I'm like, this is the human condition. So it shouldn't really be on them to solve it, but it's like, how do you become part of the solution? Right. right. How do we not make it worse? Yeah, exactly. Use, use it to our advantage. Use other people's insecurities to our advantage. Because I, I don't know where I heard this. I, heard it from someone but every time uh, this lady who I was probably watching on Instagram said with regard to like the beauty industry anytime she feels bad about herself she sees a picture that makes her feel oh I wish I was five pounds lighter I wish I had prettier hair more expensive clothes she thinks to herself well who's benefiting from this and then that hurts it puts into perspective that you are great and you are perfect and you don't need anything. That's a great That's question good. to ask yourself. Because right. someone's benefiting. Yeah, it's like that thought that you always should ask yourself, like, if anything bad enters your mind, you just go, well, does this serve me? And if it doesn't, bye. <laughs> great questions to keep in the back of your head when you're scrolling the internet. I know. I like well, it. lastly, I wanted to say, Tila, you should show us your new tattoo because I think it's also really great. Oh, <laughs> I don't, is it going to be, I don't think you can see it. Can you? <laughs> well, tell us what it says and what it means to you. Okay, so I talked about anxiety earlier <laughs> because I have high functioning anxiety. So um, I, I feel like I just went through a rough patch after having the kids at home and I really could not focus on being in the moment. I was constantly worried about the next thing I had to do or the next place the kids had to be or the next thing we had to do as a family. So I got this, um, I can't remember, it's called ink tattoos maybe? I got this fake one and it said, and it's one that you can wear for two weeks and it said, be here now. And I noticed that when I wore it, it really helped me center myself. So I decided to just go get it permanently <laughs> and I did. I love it. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's so Thank you. Classy. I think it's a great reminder. Be here now, even in you know, with social media impacts. I mean, just about being grounded in yourself and yeah, asking who benefits from this. Yeah. And, and all of that. Yeah. So thank you guys for chatting with us, little girl chat um today. Um thank you to our listeners for joining us in this quick chat about last week's events surrounding the outage. I don't think it really affected any of us too bad. Um but <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're working really moms who don't work in social marketing. <laughs> <laughs> that was a real work phone. What's a, what's like a diet pen? <laughs> um, but anyways, again, thank you for joining us. Um, you know, let us know what you think. What are your thoughts on the, you know, media that's out here, out there around the subject? What are you doing with your kids? You know, if your kids are older in their teens, I'm sure you're more um, you know, experiencing the impacts of this, let us know. Maybe we can have you on for the next chat. Um, but yeah, let us know how you're navigating your children's use of apps and social media. And again, we always aim to reflect and empower other women, families, talk about issues important to us. 
um, join us. Join us in our talks, join us in our titties, subscribe to our newsletter that comes out monthly. Um, and, you know, follow us on Instagram. Thank you, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye. See you next Bye. time. Bye.